the free for all roundtable round two on round two let's say good morning to uh, Mississauga City Councilor Deepika Demerla. Tamara Cherry is with uh, Pickup Communications. And Bob Reed is a principal at BroadwayStrategy.com, the guy behind touchdowns and fumbles heard on Fridays. Uh, good morning to you all. And let's maybe bundle together uh, all of the municipal affairs today in the mayor's election, because I'd like to touch on a few other topics as well. And sometimes I think anybody, well, Deepika, I'll start with you. You're listening from Mississauga. Do you even feel like you have a pony in this race? I mean, I guess you must come into Toronto from time to time, but people in adjoining cities must be sick and tired of this thing. Um, yeah, you know, I'm definitely following it. And my partner is uh, somewhat supportive of Josh Matlow. He has Josh's sign on his uh, uh, front lawn. So a little bit invested, but not hugely invested in the race. Definitely, you know, as a politician and a municipal politician definitely watching it very closely uh just seeing you know the various platforms and i, I want to say that you know just uh, i've looked at a number of the websites and platforms and the candidates some of them have really really put forward some interesting ideas and uh, it's just a shame that you know the whole polling thing means that you automatically tend to dismiss you know that's the human mind even if someone has a great platform, if they're polling at 6% or 3%. So uh, that's a bit of a bummer, but definitely watching it. Well, and Bob Reed, if you do want to start digging into the polls and endorsements as well, we had the stars endorsing Anna Bailao today. Doug Ford endorsed Mark Saunders. Uh, Rob Davis quit the campaign and endorsed Anthony Fury. But one of the big problems here is it's like a speed chess game, and I don't know what the conclusion is going to be because there's no way. You, you look at the polls and somebody's at, okay, 15%, but they're tied with somebody else at 15%. You don't want Olivia Chow. Who do you choose? Yeah, and I think that's the frustration that uh, that so many Torontonians are feeling. I mean, I suppose on the one hand, it's good that there's a, a slate that is that is the, uh, that that big with credible candidates on it. I mean, they're all credible candidates. Uh, the the ones that have been featured well, on the, the debates. The, well, <laughs> hey, come on, I I got a soft spot for Molly, but uh, no, I mean the you know the. The, the the seven who are the focal point um they're all they're all credible campaigns they're all legit contenders so that's good on the one hand but on the other hand it's too damn many because as as we've seen you know even in the debate that we broadcast last week it's it's really hard to get a word in edgewise uh there are a lot of similarities between between some of them and I'm personally disappointed that because of that and because of the of the splitting that's going on, um, we've got this runaway for for the the one candidate for for Olivia Chow. I was hoping for more of a horse race. I was hoping of for more of a viable choice for people because those who don't want to see Olivia Chow as mayor don't have anywhere clear to go to. So it's essentially going to be a protest vote if you're not in her corner. Okay, well, maybe I'm being a little pointy-headed in this next direction, Tamara Cherry, but in talking to the candidates and to a person, they're all, we have to stop Olivia Chow. I'm beginning to wonder if maybe there's a bit of a disconnect between them and Torontonians, since Torontonians seem to actually like Olivia Chow. Yeah, you know, something that really has bothered me, and, and, and I heard it a lot 
uh, listening to, to round one earlier this morning, is the assumption that just because Olivia Chow has been leading throughout the campaign and leading so strongly, it must mean that people aren't paying attention. It must mean that they don't care about this election because how in the world could she have that much support otherwise? It couldn't possibly be that people actually support her platform, which if you go to her website is is pretty thorough compared to some of the other leading candidates you know she she touches on a lot of things she's she's an experienced um and thoughtful politician um this is just this this campaign and and i know there's going to be people out there who say oh what what do we care what she says she doesn't even live here anymore i care so much about toronto and over the last few months i've spent like half of my time there and the city has changed and i just i wish that our elections were not driven so much by polls. I wish, like, I would love to see a thoughtful conversation between Olivia Chow and Mark Saunders, for example. I knew Mark Saunders um, pretty well when he was a police officer riding, you know, up through the ranks of Toronto police and then until he became police chief. He was a thoughtful man, a thoughtful officer. I know he cares so much about this city, but these freaking polls have him just on attack. And I know his advisors are telling him that, but it's it's not telling us anything about what he really thinks. I mean, that that that's how I feel. I just, I, I listened to his interview with you, John, earlier in the show. And it was just, it just, it for me, it, it didn't sound like the Mark Saunders that I knew of years ago. It sounded like somebody that's just trying to take down Chow. And I recognize that that is, obviously a strategy, but I don't, I don't like this side of politics. I don't like it when it goes this way. So anti-theft devices. I mean, I knew that they put collars on bottles at the LCBO so that the alarm would ring when you walked out the door. I didn't know some of them had tracer technology. Bob Reed, uh, two cops bust a guy for shoplifting two bottles of Johnny Walker Black, which is a nice enough scotch, but really. Um, anyway, the, the <laughs> cops uh, took each of them, took a bottle home and they traced by technology, the bottles to the police officer's home. I mean, you can take this anywhere you want. For me, there's just a certain stupidity in putting possibly a six-figure job on the line for a $50 bottle of scotch. It's it's hugely stupid, and I really hope they enjoy their beverages because uh, th- that is going to be the end of the line for these for these careers it, it certainly looks like and i'm with you the biggest news for me out of that story was that tracking technology yeah. on a bottle of booze who knew <laughs> it's it, it's it's kind of cool on the one hand but again it factors into the, the 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 stupidity of of the move that that these two cops allegedly made in uh taking the stuff home being tracked that way being seen on camera walking from uh the the uh, police uh, station like putting it in their cars they, they were caught on camera they had to know these things but clearly didn't think it through and it's coming back as it rightly should to bite them and Deepika, again i maybe i'm turning this into les mis but <laughs> it's quite something to bust a guy who's probably facing many challenges for shoplifting and then to steal the stuff that he stole yeah, I, I mean, I was thinking exactly the same thing, that this is like a double theft, the original theft and then the secondary theft. But, you know, coming back to the whole tracking device, two things occurred to me. The first is such irony that cops would get tripped up by a tracking device. But the other thing I was thinking was, why would the LCBO 
use the tracking device mechanism where you can actually leave the store, apparently, I, I don't know all of the details, without an alarm going off? Or does the alarm go off as well? Like, you know, I'm just thinking, is this a tracking device so you walk out silently, no one knows you walked out with it and you only find out when, you know, they start to track you or does the alarm go off so that you can sort of, you know, the way it yeah. goes off at clothing stores or whatever, like the big beep. It's not clear to me, so I was kind of puzzled by that, but definitely, you know, what a doozy, you know, yeah. to be tracked by a tracking device with two cops. Well, and Tamara, <laughs> even if the alarm does go off, the policy is not to enforce. One exactly. Almost, one almost wonders if there's more to learn about the story. Like, was there some suspicion on the force that these guys were stealing evidence, so the police actually put the tracker device on it? I I don't think, I, I highly doubt that that is the case, John. I think that this is real stupidity and this is showing that the system works you know that you know there was an internal investigation they did the thorough investigation they went back like their the internal toronto police officers went to uh the division where these guys worked look at the cctv video showed them walking to their car with these cases of of alcohol and and now here we are so it is just uh i i think that all it is is that the tracking device is there because as you said um People, the employees of the LCBO and as with many retail locations are not supposed to go after shoplifters. So this is a way that if somebody walks out with a case of, you know, however much this stuff costs, hundred bucks a bottle, whatever it is, that the LCBO will find you. <laughs> the LCBO will get there, man. Thank you, Tamara, <laughs> yeah. Cherry, Bob, Reed, Dipika, Demerla. And that is the roundtable. That's our show, as a matter of fact. So we give way to news and traffic is going to be an ongoing issue, possibly for the next 36 hours or so. Well, I mean, it's always an issue. For Pete's sake, you can't drive anywhere. But we have one specific point we can tell you is a really bad place. Uh, all that and more. And then Mark Tui is going to be here. And for Jerry Agar, let's talk tomorrow morning. Catch the roundtable. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.